Hey, it's because it's so long. <laughs> it's because the title's so long. I just felt played. Shorty. I'm going to call it a, a Gavin Yap Shorty. I mean, that's what it is on the poster. Wait, 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 the Gavin Yap Shorty or a Shorty by Gavin Yap? A Shorty by Gavin Yap. Well, Gavin Yap Shorty is like, you know, rap slang for girlfriend, right? Is it? Yeah, Gavin Yap's girl. One of, one of Gavin Yap's girls. <laughs> one of his hoes. Uh, yeah, well, 2008 was a long time ago. Let's do this! Welcome to the McGep and Fry's Movie Podcast, as sponsored by GreenRoom136.com. That's right. My name is Gavin. My name is Ian. And we are a movie talk show. We talk about all of the uh, stuff that we've been reading up about movies, things that have been going on. Also, we review movies. I'll be doing a quick review of uh, Selfless, an old, old movie. Well, mm -hmm. old by our standards. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Kingsley, the uh, last uh, film that was directed by Tarzan Singh. Is there something and, else you're going to review? Yes, and I'm also going to be doing some uh, comic book reviews. I'll be uh, reviewing the Bizarro miniseries. Uh, that hasn't finished yet. It's almost finished. Uh, and I'll also be reviewing the miniseries kind of pseudo-prequel to The Force Awakens, Star Wars The Journey to The Force Awakens. I'll be reviewing Vin Diesel's Last Witch Hunter and James Bond Spectre. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So let's jump straight into the news. All right, then. All righty. All right. Oh, any update on the duck rice situation? Um, no, there's no update. I, I, I was talking to... Before anyone uh, asks, as usual. No, no, I was talking to uh, James, James Lee, Doghouse 73 Pictures, uh, about that. I probably should have asked him on Sunday when I saw him. Was oh, really? Oh, yeah, you should have. Because yeah. um, I think he's getting tired of me asking. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's, as far as I know, it's still coming out this month, this month, November. Um, last I heard, they were in discussions with Daily Motion. Uh, to release it there. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, but oh. uh, as far as I know, it is not confirmed. Um, but once I find out, because I've told James this, I, I've yeah. told him, I was like, you know, what? Once you once you know when it's coming out, let me know so I can yeah. plug it. So don't worry. Uh, as soon as I know something, I will make sure everyone that I can think of knows about it. And that is your duck rice situation update for that the is, week. That is my duck rice situation oh. update for the week. We should get a, a, buffer, a, a bumper for that. Duck rice update! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I was talking to James on the set of a small film recently over the weekend where I was wearing uh, flak jackets and standing around the heat. This was the uh, film that John is directing. Yes. Right, I don't know right. if you can, how much you can talk, how much I should talk about. I mean, it's called... They're tweeting about it, so... They're tweeting about it? Yeah. <laughs> They're okay, what's their hashtag? Hashtag breaking point. Check it out. Hashtag breaking point. All yeah. right. I'll update as well when that comes out because I've got like probably in two scenes, one is which I'm across a corridor like about 500 meters away in the background Do walking have, back and forth. Do you have lines? I have or? a line. You have a line? What, yeah. What's the line? Um, Do you this, remember it? The site is locked down. Quite far. 
Is that, a, is that a language? It's a Portuguese swear word, apparently. What the fuck is it with this guy? <laughs> well, the thing is, <laughs> as well as that, my original line was supposed to be in Cantonese, but somebody sent me the English script. Right. So I had not spent the week remembering, learning the Cantonese line. So when I got there, I said, like, just do it in Cantonese. And then they said it, and I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Because they were doing long takes at that point. Right, right. And right. I was like, yeah, I'm going to fuck this. He's like, do it in English. Because they were a bit behind at that point. Right, right, right. Caught up real fast. And how <laughs> did uh, the Portuguese thing come into it? How, how did you decide on Portuguese? I'm not Portuguese, man. Yeah, I knew. I, knew. <laughs> I was very tempted. If you would answer it in English, well, I would. The, the, the director said, how are you with the Portuguese? It's quite far, right? I was like, yeah, is that how I pronounce it? And he's like, I don't know. I looked it up on Google, so I guess so. And is this taking place in some fictional place? or is this, Yeah, I uh, think it's based on some series of books that, right, have, right, that right, are yes. set in somewhere that's like a mix of Chinese and Portuguese and all sorts. I think Kai's doing a short film for this he's series. He's already done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean like... I know, I know he's already shot it, but mm. uh, I, I think he's also doing one of the series. I, I think there's a few filmmakers doing it. I think there's three of them happening, yeah. Three of them, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I spent my day on set, which was, you know, a lot of hurry up and wait as usual. Yep, yep, yep. No, no, I hate it when they say, you know, like, uh, when's the shoot? You know, why don't you just, why don't you just say, when's the wait? Yeah, call time 6 a.m. Yeah, we're going to, it's, uh, it's, it's like it's 12-hour wait with a little bit of shooting. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, in the, you're in the first scene and the last scene of the day. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Oh, we'd love to hear that. Yeah. Can't do shit in between. <laughs> I did pop off for a bit, but there wasn't long. Well, I guess it depends. I guess it depends on what the uh, project is. You know, if, if you know you can sort of mess about and maybe like have a couple of drinks in between. And, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> what have you been up to? You been up to anything you want to share? Uh, nothing that I can really sort of announce. I mean, there's I'm working on a few interesting things and it uh, looks like uh, some of these things are going to gonna happen i mean if there was anyone who was interested in my art show are we lost uh there's my online store that will be opening coming soon uh fairly soon still putting all that together uh and uh i'll be appearing at um well my online store will be at comic fiesta next month yeah and uh, we'll be selling the prints over there so if any of you were weren't able to uh go to my art show are we lost uh we had a lot of limited edition prints uh of the original work uh, for sale as well, and mm -hmm. those prints will be available for sale at Comic Fiesta. I think it's the 19th and 20th. 17th, 19th and 20th. Uh, is it 17th? Okay, D don't don't quote me on that. I'll uh, we'll we'll I'll, I'll yeah no yeah it's 19th 20th 19th and 20th yeah of December yeah definitely uh, so yeah Neon Sauce which is the name of my online store will be live will be live and uh, we will have a booth at Comic Fiesta yeah um, aside from that. Yeah, Are I you mean, still a top 10 best-selling non-fiction Malaysian not local know. author? I do you not know. You haven't checked it's, that? It's one of those things because like, it, it's not like I was checking it. You know? it's, it's not like I was going online and seeing, oh, how's the book doing? I, you know, I was told. Number 15, come on, top 10, come on. I was told. You yeah. know, uh, some guy on Twitter told me. I was like, oh, shit. So I went and had a look and then figured out that you need to sort of look through different things. To yes, they don't, there's no direct link to the local yeah. non-fiction so local nonfiction, right? Was yeah, it? so you got to go to the local section, then, then you got to go to the local nonfiction non section. section, and then you see the top ten there. Yeah, and I'm it's not—it's all JavaScript, so you can't link directly to that page. Yes, because yes. I was looking at it going like, he's not here. He's not here. I think he's, he's just—he's just blown his own fucking trumpet. <laughs> or has in the in the time that he's actually tweeted about being number ten in the top ten list, that he's has he actually up. dropped out? He's dropped out, out of the chart completely. <laughs> you know, you can just hear Casey Kasem laughing at you. you yeah. Know? Um, I do not know. <laughs> I do not know what the current state of it is. But, um, mm. uh, you know, I mean, I, it was more than I was expecting to happen anyway. Yeah, so 
How I Made My First Movie or A Decade of Favors is still available at loads of bookstores. Yes, you can pick it up at any MPH outlet. Uh, it's also available at Kino Kinea, or you can get it at the uh, MPH online store. Uh, there's a link in the website thingy. And, uh, and you, your movie is still available and as my, well. And my movie is still available for uh, rental or purchase on Vimeo On Demand. This is uh, Take Me for Take, take me, me for dinner. For, take me for, take me to dinner. Take me to dinner. <laughs> yeah, take me to dinner. Mm, yeah, take me to dinner. Yeah, and uh, if you uh, if you get if you if you purchase it, then uh, along with the package comes audio commentary, um, deleted scene, and uh, just fucking around with Patrick as well. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and a couple of uh, joke trailers. If you do see it, email us at podcast at McGeppin Fries and let us know what you thought about it, or you can tweet at us at. Um, McGeppin Fries at McGeppin Fries on Twitter mm-hmm. or update on Facebook let us know what you thought I saw I saw some I was looking for something else and I saw someone I think you tweet, retweeted someone yeah like, yeah, nice yeah. Work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. are you getting yeah. a lot of that um, m- more for the book I mean uh, so some people have been very nice and have uh, contacted me about the book yeah. um, with, with the movie not so much I mean they, they tend to you know they might like it on Vimeo but that's about it mm. <laughs> you know but the movie it is what it is you know? yeah but it is one of those things as well that people generally don't reach out to movie directors yeah yeah i mean even if it's not even if you know it's just a small movie it's still a kind of a barrier there yeah yeah i mean i think maybe at one point duncan jones replied to one of my tweets and i was like really yeah you tend to lose your shit yeah like Like when william sadler started following me back on twitter oh shit (laughs) but enough about us let's talk about movies all right um have you seen both of uh, shane carruth's films so Uh, primer i've seen uh, primer Gave me a headache. I haven't seen Upstream Color yet because of the experience of watching Primer. Primer's a genius. Yeah. Have you read, you've seen it, right? I've, I never got through Primer. Uh. I, you know, it was one of those things that I, I, I tried to watch it like years ago. Yeah. Um, couldn't be fucked and turned it off. And always in the back of my mind knew I need to give this another go. Yeah. But never did. It's one of those movies you have to be in a very specific mood uh, to I watch. Never, I never saw Upstream Color, although I heard it's equally as challenging i've heard it's it, that one is a bit more marmite-ish in that you either love it or you hate it right whereas uh primer was generally good reviews but it's a time travel movie where most of it takes place in a garage or a storage locker right and you i think the secret to it is there's someone you know there's always beautiful artists online if you google primer timeline mm-hmm. someone it's a bit like the levels in um what's the dream movie inception uh-huh. You know, the different levels yeah, yeah, and yeah, when yeah, things yeah. are happening. Yeah. Someone's done the same kind of thing, and it turns out the time travel started before the movie even started. And once you know that, it makes a little more sense. Right, right. It's a good movie. Well, uh, it was announced a little while back that uh, he was going to be making his foray into big-budget filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And the film was uh, The Modern Ocean. Um, and the cast has just been announced. Mm. And it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it, ridiculous in the sense, like, okay, star stuff. I mean, it's a really interesting mix of um, veterans and newcomers, but it's also really eclectic. You'd never expect to see these people in the same film. Hit me with it. It's Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, mm. Daniel Radcliffe, mm. Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz, Tom Holland, uh, Asa Butterfield, and Abraham Atta from Beasts of uh, No Nation, the Idris Elba film. Uh, that was directed by Carrie Fukunawa. Fukunawa, yeah. That, I was trying to remember that. That's the one that it was a HBO joint, right? It's a Netflix. Netflix. Netflix original film. Um, they su- said they're happy with it. It's supposed to be amazing. Oh, yeah, but they, yeah. it barely... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. Made, like, zero money. But they they said they were happy with yeah, it. Yeah, so. yeah, they have no issues because, you know, it's fucking Netflix. <laughs> um, and the, 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 the press release, like, uh, released the synopsis, um, which sounds equally fucking crazy. Uh, the film is about the competition for valuable shipping routes 
The search mm. for the hidden cachet of priceless material and the powerful need for vengeance will converge in a spectacular battle on the rolling decks of, beh of behemoth cargo ships. This epic tale fraught with danger and intrigue takes us from the ancient trading houses of Algeria to the darkest depths of the ocean floor. Enormously inventive, if they do so, if they yeah, do say so, so themselves. themselves, but grounded in our arcane reality. Arcane the reality? Arcane reality. It's a good, uh, that's mm. my new favorite high school band name. Yeah. Arcane reality. That's what we, that's the title of uh, this episode. Yeah, yeah. The modern ocean will draw audiences in. You see, now you're just asking for trouble. To a secretive world filled with mysterious technologies and bitter rivalry. Mysterious technologies? Yeah. It's definitely a Shane Carruth joint. I can see that. Yeah, but it's just, uh, I mean, apparently the budget is like, it's, it's, it's a big budget movie. Hmm. Um, and I also uh, heard that, uh, that, he might, that he might even be in this movie himself. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's a crazy cast. Yeah. That's a crazy cast. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, well, what are you going to do? So, no, I was, I was, because, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Anne Hathaway, yeah. you know, but she keeps doing f films that I kind of want to see. Have you, like, seen, no, have except, you seen, except for the intern. Have you seen Trainwreck? Have no, I, ha I haven't seen Trainwreck. It's yeah. not what I thought it was going to be in certain ways, but Daniel, they, like, she goes to art movies with her bodybuilder boyfriend, and that Daniel Radcliffe is in it as a dog, the dog walker. It's all in black and white. I think it's him and Marissa Tomei. Right, right, And right. he's just got all these dogs going like, if you give me a dog, I'll walk it. I don't mind Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, I, I, I respect him for trying his best to really make people forget that he's Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, the same way Elijah Wood does his best to try and make people forget he's Frodo. Well, he actually tries to make people... He doesn't just do that. He tries to make people think he's Kevin from Sin City. <laughs> he does, he's playing that he, kind of role. He does do a lot of freaky shit. Yeah. You know, and even as a, even the production house that he's uh, set up is all just fucking maniac movies. Yeah, <laughs> and some of that does factor into The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Does it? A little bit. I, I'll say it now so people forget about the time later, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do, I do uh, find it interesting that, um, you know, El Elijah Wood does seem to be thinking like, okay, I need to play a creep. Yeah, <laughs> or someone who turns out to be a creep, or a creep who's actually way worse than a creep than you thought they so were. So it's like you know, you got Sin City, uh, Maniac, even like Eternal Sunshine. He's a fucking creepy yeah, he's a little, little creepy he's shit. He's a creepy little shit. <laughs> I presume he plays like a nice looking guy in Cooties who turns out to be a creep and gets eaten by zombie kids. Now, from what I understand, like basically his role in Cooties is like his character from The Faculty grew up and became a teacher. That's right. basically what it is. <laughs> uh, it, that that was kind of nice. I haven't seen that movie yet, but I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing it. Just if for no other reason than just the full circle aspect of it. It became really bizarre that it was out in like three cinemas here. Yeah. And none of them were the big ones. Yeah. But coming back to Daniel Radcliffe, I mean, I got no issues with the guy. I, I hate Harry Potter. You hate it? I don't hate it, but it's like... You just said you hated it. Yeah. I guess I, I hate the character. Like, I, I've never You're liked... Wizard Harry. I've never liked the character of Harry Potter. I've always preferred Ron and fucking Her Hermione. But, yeah. the, you know, or every or any other fucking character in that yeah. movie. There's something about Harry Potter. He's a like, Mary Sue character because he's a normal guy who gets thrust into this thing. Yeah. But also, those books are massive rip-offs of all sorts of other mythologies. They just yeah. put it in a blender. Yeah, and yeah. you know, but, but uh, everything that he's done since, that I've seen, I haven't seen all of it. Mm. You know, he's doing everything that the other two Harry Potter kids are doing as well. If you look at Rupert Grint, if you look at uh, fucking Emma Watson, they're all doing their very best to distance themselves from yeah. that shit. Um, some with more success than others. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you look at Daniel Radcliffe's post-Potter projects, they're all very interesting choices. Post-Potter projects? Post-Potter projects. Say, that, that, six say times. that six times really fast. Quickly. And I'll watch anything with fucking Jeff Goldblum. 
And Keanu Reeves. Of course. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah. You know, it literally did go without saying. Yes, I don't even need to say it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, John Wick 2 has started shooting. Oh. I saw something today about a John Wick VR experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you go through the yeah, Continental yeah, yeah. Hotel. It'll be awful, but it sounds interesting. Well, it's called The Impossible Task. Oh, right. So, so that must be, rather than making a movie about his impossible task, they've turned it into a game. Yeah. Because no one, you know, I mean, it's a pretty no, good idea. I think it's like it's a gotta, pretty good you gotta, idea. You gotta, you, gotta give a to, you gotta get a token or something and walk through, but bullets will start firing, firing as someone breaks the rules. So you might have to get on your hands and knees to crawl around in VR. Oh shit! Yeah, that's what I read today, anyway, in the car on the way here. Well, since since we were talking about Daniel Radcliffe, I'm gonna bring up Rupert Grint. Okay. Because Rupert Grint, ha- Rupert Grint must have a thing for superheroes. Because he uh, famously, stu- well, not famously, I mean, famously for me, because I-, I was like following the story. But he was uh, originally cast in this uh, show from the um, uh, from, from the creators. I think it was like Raising Grace. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that the name of the Raising show? Raising Hope. Raising Hope. Sorry, Raising Hope. Uh, and it was this thing called Super Clyde. Okay. Um, and it was done as a pilot uh, for CBS, and CBS uh, rejected it. But apparently the pilot was really good, oh. and uh, CBS released it. I think like online for like twenty four hours or forty eight hours, or, or maybe it's still available online or something. Oh. And people saw the pilot and they were like, "Why the fuck was this not made? Not made." Um, I haven't seen it, but apparently uh, Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint plays like this fast food guy who like becomes a superhero or uh-huh. so- something like that. Uh, but apparently he does a spot on American accent, according to all the reviews. Mm. Um, and his reviews are really good. The show was very well reviewed. Like the pilot was, they like they aired it. Like basically, it, it was like this really bitter pill in the sense like we're gonna air it uh, for a little while so you guys can see it, but it's not gonna be a series. Yeah. So it's like, uh, well, it's like, yeah, okay, nice, but fuck you. Uh, so he has now gone from CBS to NBC, and I like this. It sounds interesting. Right. It's a one-hour drama that he is uh, taking the lead in, and he's also uh, producing, uh, and. Um, I don't think there. I don't think there's a. Yeah, it's. A, I don't think there's a title yet, but it might be Imperial City. It's from the creator of uh, Ugly Betty, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It follows Grint as a low-level employee from New York who is obsessed with Imperial City, a comic book series created by his father prior to his death. Mm-hmm. He believes he has every issue ever created, but is thrown for a loop when he uncovers an additional issue in the possession of a mysterious comic book collector. Hmm. And soon, Grint's character discovers the world of Imperial City is very real, and only he can save it. Oh. And uh, this is, um, this is a, uh, it's a commitment to a put pilot. It's a put pilot commitment, which basically means... I thought means that was a typo. What's a put pilot? A put pilot basically means that they have to air it. If they don't air it, they get fined. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's how bad contracts have gotten these days. Okay. It's uh, yeah. So so no 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 no. Basically, a put pilot basically means that if it isn't picked up for a, if it isn't picked up for if series, the put pilot isn't picked up. If the put pilot isn't picked up for series, if they don't get a series order, yeah. they get fined. Yeah. Or they face a penalty or something. Yeah, then, then the Potter penalty applies. Something like that. <laughs> so. I mean, it sounds interesting to me. It sounds a little bit like there was this TV show. You know, we used to get random TV shows from the US and Ireland, like that would be on. That you know, you get shows that had already been cancelled and they'd already been bigged up on on UK TV. Yeah. Um, but there was one about a comic book creator who one of his characters or his son or something would go through the chimney and be in the comic book world. This sounds like the Page Master. Is that what it was called? Is that what, was there a giant lobster guy in that? I can't fucking remember. But no, the Page Master was a movie. It wasn't a TV series. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, get 
I mean, because uh, I remember seeing this more you know than how many once. Fucking TV shows yeah. there have been. <laughs> I, I remember seeing this more than once, and it was something about going up the chimney would arrive in the comic book world, which you never saw because there was no fucking budget. You only ever saw the loft where he wrote the comics or something. Like right, that. right, right. And I think Lobster Man was his big nemesis or something like that. I makes can't remember, sense. but it sounds a bit like that. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was in, when I was in college, I always wanted like, my, my friend Greg and I used to talk about being creators of. Um, uh, this this uh, comic book called The Adventures of Schmegma Men. <laughs> <laughs> this guy shoots acid out of his dick. And it was like a tragedy. <laughs> like he can't have sex because he kills whoever he fucks. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we were going to be rich and famous and they'd make a movie about us called Lords of the Schmegma. Nice. <laughs> Didn't happen. No. Speaking of uh, CBS and NBC, um, do you hear that they're looking that there's going to be a new Star Trek TV Star show? Trek, well, yes, not I a TV heard. show. They're going to show the pilot on TV, and the rest of it's going to be relegated to the web. Yes, I heard about streaming. That is makes sense actually because Voyager launched UPN, right? Mm -hmm, yep. Was it UPN? Or was it the UPN CW? There was some network they launched with or, with that. I think the actual original. But do these networks like need to be launched? Well, the, but these are this is a streaming service. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, it's very smart it's very smart yeah and I it's, it's Orky and uh, Kurtzman are involved mm -hmm. there's no details apart from the fact that it's 2017 so we don't know whether it'll be movie continuity movie con I mean it's probably going to be movie continuity but whether they do Next Generation or something which could be interesting you never know could be uh, or they could just do something else completely God only knows yeah I suppose I mean I just don't, don't do Voyager I, I kind again of, I kind of like uh, breezed over this in in a sense that I you know it, it wasn't particularly interesting to me. It's like yeah yeah it's it's another it's another cash in for Star Trek. Mm. Get the Trekkies money. Yeah, but the best way to get the Trekkies money is to do a good show. But Trekkies uh, Trekkies are not as hardcore as Trekkers, right? I can't remember. Is there something to do with the the I name? I think Trekkers is like less nerdy than Trekkies. I really? Think I think so. I, I thought it was the other way around. Maybe. We should ask Mabel. Mm. She'll know. She's she posted this. <laughs> I did she? Yeah, that's did she? I can I can I can almost picture the way she talks about. It. Uh, Ma Mabel's an old friend of ours who's a hardcore trekker yeah. or trekkie, whatever it is. Trekker. What, what about she's, it, Mabel? She's a, she's a trekkist. Correct us. Yeah. E email us at podcast at mcappenfries.com and tell us is it trekkie or trekker? Which one's more hardcore? Yeah. Because on a TV budget, they're not going to be able to do the like the movies are spectacle and action. Yeah. So they might go a little bit back. The way that she shows you. And the to TV be. show is just Cere fucking cheese and, and, and stoner shit. Yeah. <laughs> what measure, man? Have you, have you ever seen on Twitter? I, I retweet it occasionally, but it's just like Riker Googling. If, they, if we don't fight to the death, they will kill us both. Well, that's the original one, but I'm talking about the next generation. The next generation was the one that got me hooked. But have you seen Riker Googling? No. And it's just like, you know, how to clean up the holodeck. to clean up. How to get smegma stains out of the holodeck kind of stuff. You know that kind of stuff? And it's just a picture of him looking confused as well. So you can imagine him just sitting down typing in Google how to do this shit. <laughs> Where is an Andorian's vagina kind of stuff? Jesus Christ. Funny. 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 <laughs> Did you do anything for Halloween? Um, I didn't. Uh, Halloween, yeah, I hung out with my mom. I slept. I got drunk with my mom. Because uh, the, the uh, day before Halloween was my birthday, and I was hanging out with you guys, mm. and I, I drank a fair bit. A fair bit? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. We all drank a fair bit. No, no, I think, I think by the end of the night, I wasn't even speaking English. I was just, uh, yeah. I was just talking gibberish. Yeah, you're, that was, you're almost as good as your photo of your wedding night. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I was speaking gibberish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your girlfriend must have been very impressed. Oh, yeah, she was. Because um, I did fuck all as well because I was up at 6 a.m. Sunday morning, so right, I slept. Right, right. Um, 
but Ryan Reynolds did go out on Halloween. Yes, this was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say amazing. It's funny. It's funny. But there's like... No, but I mean, like, if he's really doing that in front of these kids and if he's just like... Well, with the mask, he's not. Like, because they're bleeping shit, but he's not actually saying that right, shit. Right, he would right. not... But at the moment... But we don't know that. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, nice to, it's nice to think that he's just fucking cursing. And the look on some of the some of the kids' faces at times, you think that he, he might actually be cursing. So what this is, is it's basically Ryan Reynolds dressed in his full Deadpool movie outfit, not any cheap knockoff shit, and it's... Mm-hmm talking almost just off camera to say I need to assemble a team and all this kind of stuff and then it cuts to a load of like 8 to 12 year olds like sitting on swings but they're all dressed up as X-Men yeah um, now Magneto gets nothing Magneto, well, Magneto just stands there the whole time doesn't get any love well clearly he wasn't very good on camera maybe yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know I mean what, what's cute about it for me I mean before I saw the um, the video I saw uh, the picture that he posted on, on his Twitter account which is was it the it's, last one it, yeah the, you know one where he's got the middle finger yeah, up and every, you know, they're, all, they're all doing that shit yeah. um, and you look at it and you just think X-Babies yes <laughs> exactly you just think X-Babies and that, that, that alone is just like reason for rejoice you know and then you watch the video and while that photo is being taken he's giving the finger to the camera says don't, don't turn, turn around. around don't, don't, don't turn, turn around, around. <laughs> And there's one with the little kid who's dressed as Wolverine, and he's like, "Wow, you just own puberty." <laughs> no, like my, my favorite exchange is when he's talking to Cyclops. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, yeah, get over here, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and the kid's just... like, "I can, la- I can shoot laser eyes." The kid says, <laughs> "I can shoot laser eyes." Uh, it's a very cute video. We'll put it on the site so you can have a look. But I, I mean, God, again, I, I really hope to God Deadpool's good. Yeah. I saw when I went to cinema yesterday they had the poster like coming soon uh-huh. just the logo yeah and I'm like it's, it's real it, it is real but it's it's one of those things because they've done such an amazing job of marketing, hype, of marketing it yeah that it, it better be good yeah because he's not going to get another chance <laughs> no that's it after that it's like right you're doing you're doing Green Lantern for the rest of your life in that shitty suit yeah yeah mm. alright well yeah. Uh, moving on. Just moving on to uh, Edgar Wright's film because we like anything that Edgar Wright does. Yeah. Um, he's attached to a couple of things, uh, but uh, what, the first one up is uh, Baby Driver. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now Ansel Elgort from what's that fucking movie? Fault in Our Stars. No. Oh. Like he and uh, Cinderella's Lily James, they were uh, confirmed for this film quite a long time ago. Um, and uh, after that, John Hamm was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll. A little bit of ham never hurt anybody. And then after that, I found out that Jamie Foxx was in it. I had no idea that Jamie Foxx was in it. What? And, and now it's been confirmed that two-time Oscar winner Kevin Spacey has also joined the cast. No, wow. no idea on you know who he's playing, how big the part will be. We don't even know what the movie's about. No, no. I mean, we, we do, we do. Um, do we? I mean, I mean, it's not on here, but there was a very brief synopsis that was posted at the very beginning. Uh, it's you know, it's Baby Driver. He's fucking. He's a driver. <laughs> oh, is it? Because I, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it actually like the, the the title actually is pretty much pretty self-explanatory. After being coerced into a work into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a doomed heist. Oh, I'd never heard that at all. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Huh. Yeah, he's a fucking driver. That's an amazing cast so far. It's a great cast. Yeah. That's insane for Edgar Wright. Like even. No, but Edgar Wright's always been an actor's favorite. I mean, I yeah. can't imagine any actor who wouldn't want to work with Edgar Wright. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, like, for, for people who aren't familiar with his films, they might be like, hey, what the fuck, you know? But as soon as you say, hey, do you want to work with the guy who directed fucking Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and Scott Pilgrim? Mm. Yeah, of course. Although some, I've noticed, like, since Scott Pilgrim came out, 
it it really is like a that, that's a marmite movie yeah like it's you, insane people either love the shit out of it or they just fucking detest it yeah it's it's a real barometer because like i i I still can't say, I mean, I know there are movies that I like that no one else will like. There yeah. are plenty of those. But I can't understand why people don't find that money, money, movie funny. Yeah. Or don't enjoy or, it. Or don't enjoy it. You know, like, okay, you may, you may not find it funny, but how can you say you don't find it entertaining in the least? Exactly. You know? you, no, they're not paying attention. You do, I do realize that you do no. actually have to pay attention to that movie well, a the, lot. I know, but the reason that you have to pay attention to that movie is because then you can really see the care and the effort that was put into it yeah. in terms of making that comic book a reality. Yeah. So we're speaking as fans of the comic. Mm. Well, I'm speaking if I read, saw the movie before I read most of the comic. Oh, really? I'd only read the first book of it. I still haven't finished the comic. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> speaking of Edgar Wright I saw this on Twitter did you see this the, was it the 20th anniversary the of his the poster for a fistful, fistful of, fingers. of fingers yes I did, I, did. That was, I saw that on Twitter Twitter was pretty nice it's a nice uh, who did that I don't know it was someone who I follow a lot hmm. post nice posters it's cool he's getting to show it like it's his first 16mm teen film he's getting to show it in LA and stuff oh really yeah it's 20 years old so the legendary Prince Charles Cinema in November 24th so is there, is and there, at the Cine Family in Los Angeles, the US it, premiere 20 years after the fact. Is there going to be any way for anyone else to watch this movie? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, you can buy Prince at, and at the, you'll be able to buy Prince. Paul Shipper is the poster guy for the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. Paul Shipper recently announced, because uh, he's doing some stuff for the uh, anniversary of Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, um, I haven't. I'm sure it's available somehow. There's probably some really bad DVD you can get for it. Mm, yeah. Um, speaking of comic book news, just with the Deadpool stuff, did you see the first trailer for Preacher? I did. I did. It's an odd. It's an odd duck. Um. Well, I mean, there's not enough in the trailer to for you to uh, get an idea of how faithful or not faithful they're going to be. Have you read all of Preacher? Yeah. Uh, well, all of it. All of it. Does any of that seem like what's in the trailer at all? I mean, like. It's like a tone poem rather than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, the casting seems all right. I mean, I, uh, the casting's all right. It's just not what I see in my head. Like the no, guy, no, no, the guy no. they have playing cast looks wrong. Yeah, yeah. They got. I mean, like I always thought, like fucking, you know, you know, like Johnny Lee Miller from Train Spotting, or, yeah. or, or, or or some. It's gonna be that bleached hair, sunglasses. Look. Yeah, yeah. You and know, he's not even wearing sunglasses. No, no. Cast never takes his sunglasses no, off, I right? Mean, I mean, but also, I mean, the casting in the sense, uh, I mean, even uh, Dominic Cooper, who I have no problem with. Yeah. Even he's not how I imagine Jesse Custer. No. You know, I mean, if you if you read the comic, Jesse Custer looks like a fucking young Clint Eastwood. You he know, looks like I mean? oh, he looks like Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. We talked about this before. There's yeah, someone yeah, yeah. put the photos together. Yeah. I, I saw Twitter. Walton Goggins. Showed Walton Goggins is what Jesse Custer looks like. Walton Goggins, fucking, fucking a young, you know, like you can de-age Ewan McGregor or something for, yeah. and ma- turn him into Renton for another film. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, like uh, Ruth Negga, uh, she looks all right. Yeah. But even even she's like a little bit ethnic, you know. I mean, like that, you know? that was that was the issue they had because he's like a blonde character in the books. But yeah. again. I can see I mean, where they're yeah, going. I mean, they're, not, they're not going for the like, look. To- tonally, it looks okay. I, yeah. got, I got no issues with the casting. I just don't know what's going on because there's a kid asking Jesse to hurt his daddy. And I'm like, what the hell is this? No, are they I going mean, to do, like, are they going to build up to the God stuff? It looks like, well, uh, this is it, you know? I mean, how are they going to do that? <laughs> for those of you who don't know. How are they going to do that? Preacher, um, um, Jesse America Kister. is one of the most religiously conservative places in the world. Yeah. It's going to, how are you going to do that? So the show is, or the, t- the book is, uh, Jesse Custer is a priest who's lost his faith 
essentially. Yeah. And he's bonded with Genesis, is that what's called? Or is it what's the what's the, the creature called? I can't remember. Which is basically the offspring of an angel and a demon, and through that he finds out that God ha- God left the premises in heaven a long time ago. Yeah. And and he basically in- goes on a manhunt to get him back at the fucking work. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop slacking off. And the 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 the, the demon angel spawn within him gives him the, the, the word of God essentially, like the Metroton, yes. where he yes. can basically he, he says can, he can make your head explode. Yeah. He can yeah. tell you your head explode and it will explode. Yes. And he tells one person very famously at one point to go fuck themselves. Yes. Which and they, they do. do. <laughs> um But it's it's a real it's a ver- it's a vertigo ass vertigo com- comic, but it's it it just it sings on the page. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read it since since it finished. Mm. You know, I mean, it was it's it's one of those stories. I mean, it's a very very epic story. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine if I went back and read it now, <laughs> that maybe not all of it's aged particularly well. Mm. Um, but it is an outlandish, yeah, very very bizarre, very crazy story. Like, I mean, I I hope they get to the Grail. So the Grail is essentially the inbred bloodline of Jesus Christ, yes. and at this point, it's like so inbred. He's just yeah, he's just a fucking. <laughs> he just wanders around pissing on himself and saying "humper dumper dee doo." So it doesn't look like that comic at all, which is the which is just odd. Like it doesn't look like there's there's a couple of bits of like cast fighting on a plane. I think it is. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's a very bizarre looking thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks it looks very interesting. Yeah. You know, tonally, I I got I got no issues with it, but mm. I need to see more. Yeah. And not to say it's gonna be a bad show. It might not be a bad show at all. But I it I whether it's gonna be the comic you loved. Yeah. That I don't know. Because it is set out like it is. I mean, there are offshoots where there's just like you know, cast talking about his time in um, the Irish Repu- in the Irish the War of Independence. Yeah. But all of that, it's never like it never feels like filler. A lot of those Vertigo issues would have like a lot of it, Vertigo comics did have that feel of like here's the here's the big story, here's the filler. Mm-hmm. You know, like the X Files had like mythology shows or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I never got that feeling from Preacher. At least the ones I read, I never finished it. But the ones I got through was like, yeah, this is all. Yeah, it all, all makes thriller, sense. No filler. It all makes sense. Yeah, and, and it's all it's all servicing the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was only when I finished The Sandman that that really had that feeling. Because it was somewhere like, I'm like, where the fuck's The Sandman? He's not in this one. It's about some chick in her house. Yeah. But it did thematically tie together. Mm-hmm. But it looks interesting. Um, another trailer for another TV show was we had a proper trailer for Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Which finally shows you what the fuck the show is going to be about as opposed to just her cracking radios and beating up guys in bars. It looks very cool. It looks very cool. Now, I'm wondering, though, how much of it... It's not... How does that sell to the people who don't know? Like, they have a shot of her and they're flying. And they mention, you know, there's a purple man out there and some of that. But it looks more like a crime drama than anything else. Well, I think, uh, I mean, one of the things is that Marvel doesn't really need to worry about that. Yeah. Or at least that's that's what they've shown. I mean, like, fucking, we can, we can make Guardians of the Galaxy work. Yeah. We can make fucking Daredevil work. You but know. that sold off. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy sold off those fucking funny trailers a lot of the time. Yes, this but it was those still blur- very, this blurry, you know, still very iffy. Yeah. And no, but to me, it works. To yeah. me, it works fine. And and I think one of the great things about what Marvel always does is that Marvel doesn't try to sell it to the masses. Mm. They they their whole thing is like we want people who love these comics to watch the show and go, "Yep, nailed it." Yeah. 
and I think they've and got. And if it. everyone on the planet happens to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy twice, that's fine with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that they understand that if they do that, then everything else will follow. Yeah. Whereas you know, it's the complete opposite uh, direction that a lot of DC properties have taken. Yeah. You know, where it's like, you know, fucking, you know, like, yeah, this is too comic booky. We got to make this into a movie. Yeah. You know, um, but I just feel like the, the trailers I've seen of this, the trailer of this is like, it's between those stools. It doesn't seem to be selling it as like. It is, it is. But I think that that's genius. I think that that's great that they've decided to use Netflix as a way of exploring these things. Broadening they, the palette. Broadening the palette. And all of these things, you know, sooner or later, Kevin, Kevin Feige has said that it's only a matter of time before these universes merge. Yeah. And, and I think that that's great. I mean, that they are using Netflix as a platform to explore some of their not-so-easy-to-sell-cinematically characters. Yeah. Um, Which is why it'll be great when they get a MODOK show on there. You know what? Uh, it's... I wouldn't put it... Nothing is impossible now. But it's like Seinfeld. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> like, it's just MODOK in New York <laughs> trying to get work. Nothing is impossible now. We have a net... We have a, a pretty much, like, a hard, like, 15... Uh, Daredevil's Netflix series. Yeah, um, they again genius in how they've decided to uh, reintroduce the Punisher back into it by going through the Daredevil. Oh Netflix fuck series. yes! <laughs> Fucking genius. Okay, we're definitely um, we're definitely doing the over the the the, the, the record. The, watch the whole thing. Record podcast thing. Yes, next yes, time. yes. You know, absolutely. So with Jessica Jones, I mean, for people who are familiar with the comic, there's more than enough stuff in that trailer. Yes, I'm happy with that. Yeah. And for people who aren't familiar, I think that the trailer has more than enough in it to make you go, what is this? This looks yeah. interesting. And it's because nice that it's not an origin story. Yeah. She had her origin story, which is where the comic was as well. Because I think, you know, sometimes we look at it and we think, you know, okay, how is this going to sell to the masses? Mm. But if you, you know, it, it's not facing any... This is a fucked up crime drama. It is, but it's not facing any challenge that any other new crime show doesn't face. Yeah. You know, like shows like The Blacklist and shows like Breaking Powers. Bad and shows like... You know, I mean, shows that aren't based on comics, yeah. when, when they have some kind of weird thing to it, they all go through the same issue of like, okay, how do we market this? How do we get people interested? Yeah. And I think that even if this wasn't based on a comic, even if I hadn't read the comic, I would be very interested to see this. And also, Marvel is now officially a brand you can trust. Yeah. You know, until, until they drop the ball, and they haven't yet, they are officially the brand you trust. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like, for, it's like for, for, for the longest time, when I was in college, NBC... Can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that time? NBC Thursday comedy. Can't lose. Which was Fox. You know Fox. No, Sundays. it was NBC Thursday comedy. What was it? It was fucking. It was like Seinfeld and then Friends and it was in. I'm gonna show my age. <laughs> but, but I'm saying like Thursday night NBC comedy comedy night. You could not lose. Yeah. Same thing like Sunday night Fox. You couldn't go wrong. Yeah. Eight o'clock Simpsons. Eight thirty King of the Hill. Nine yeah. o'clock X Files. Boom. Fuck you. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? I know what I'm doing. You know, and and Marvel has reached that fucking <coughs> that state. Yeah. Where it's like we can, you can just imagine this meeting where they're all like, hey, wait, wait, we can really do anything we want yeah. right now. <laughs> no one's gonna doubt us. Yeah. We're gonna do Squirrel Girl as a hard R. Which is why I'm saying like now more than ever. We need Howard the Duck back in our lives. Yes, I was going to say that next. That'll be the next Netflix show. It really, I mean, that, that fucker needs to come back into our lives. Well, it'll be Howard and Modoc, flatmates. You see? I'd see that. I would watch that. I would watch the shit out of that. No, it's got to be the odd couple, but you need a different word for the odd. And it's not the Modoc couple, but you know. 
Yeah. Something could work. And that's that's another thing is like you know like uh, like like the the bizarro comics I'm gonna review. You know, mm-hmm. you, you um, you're reading this and you just like, fuck, why is this DC? Yeah. <laughs> if this was Marvel, this would be a fucking Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's. I look forward to it on CW. So that's November twentieth. Um, other news we're going to get um, we've had a Warcraft trailer a yes. teaser for the big, big trade on Friday I mean I know you don't really don't give a shit about this I also it's, never played it it's but one, it's, it's, it's one of those movies that I know I'll see it yeah. whether I see it in the cinema or I mean I'll probably see it in the cinema because it looks like a big screen experience Yeah. and also it's directed by Duncan Jones and you know he he gets a free pass and I, w- I want to see how the still images of the orc work in action because right. that guy has tusks jutting out of his lower face. Yeah. It's motion capture. Yeah. It's he's a main he's a main character because yeah. I think it's before like the whole thing is the horde and the alliance is the game. I think you know the horde are like the kind of ogreishy characters and the mm-hmm. alliance are like the. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is. A, I'm already a, bored. This is so kind <laughs> of a prequel, so it is going to be odd. Yeah, yeah. It's just. I, I mean, mean I'm, like, uh, yeah. I'm I good. mean, as I'm, a minus point, there's already an eagle in it. You right. know, from Lord of the Rings, we've learned don't put eagles in there. It's too easy. Unless this is a, a jab the, at them. The amount, the amount of fucking people that I've spoken to who haven't read the source material. This, I'm talking about Lord of the Rings yeah. and The Hobbit now. Who haven't read the source material. They hate those eagles. Yeah. Because they don't realize that those eagles are coming into the story because that's how it's written. Yeah. They're like, well, why the fuck didn't they call them in the yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, because it wasn't written that way, you... And one does not just call upon the king of the evils, uh, eagles. You don't drink. call them. Yeah. It's like they fucking come to you. The biggest problem is they could have put that in a fucking line in the movie and they that would have made it all good. All I, I have to say is like, what do the, what do the hobbits say? Hey, why can't we go, why can't we go all the way Every with these guys? Every single time the eagles pop up, the wife is like, why couldn't they just call the eagles? <laughs> I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Why the eagles gonna be like us? Why, why couldn't they just call the eagles yeah. in? You know, like they why go so be, far be to so walk. Like that? You know, be so, like that. Was it be go, so like that? Long? Don't be so like that. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they go such a long way to walk. Why yeah. don't they just fly? <laughs> <laughs> Movie would have been fucking twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they could have just air bombed it. She's, this is my wife's review of Battle of the Five Armies. Oh, there's a lot of fighting. <laughs> <laughs> There's really a lot of fighting going on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's good, but there's a lot of fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Battle of the Five Armies, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we see this, we're, we're fucking fuck the sections. There's a trailer I saw a couple of weeks ago that I uh, bookmarked. Did you, this a tra- did you see the trailer for He Never Died? No. Have you heard about this, Henry Rollins? Yes, I heard about it. Have you heard anything about it? I've heard, it sounds very familiar. I, I just have this gut reaction that whenever I hear Henry Rollins, I always laugh. Yeah, well, it's like last time we had that that silent movie with him and he's playing a preacher or... Or an angry... He, angry cop. What he, was it? Was he in The Getaway? Was it The Getaway? Was it The Getaway? I can't remember. With uh, one of the bald ones? What was The Getaway? Or was no, it no, Charlie no, no, Sheen? No, 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 no. It wasn't The Getaway. He wasn't in The Getaway. What's the one where they're like driving That's away? That's the remake of the Steve McQueen movie with Alec Baldwin and Kim Bessinger. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, it wasn't that one. It was the other one. It was Tay Leone and... Tay Leone... Either, Flea and Flea, Flea, Flea <laughs> Anthony Kiedis and Flea were in uh, in it in the monster truck, and Henry Rollins turned up driving the cop car. Oh fuck yeah! Anywho, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah, movie yeah. though, he's playing to his age a bit. 
Okay. And he's an old guy, and like two guys are holding. I was like, "Hey, man, you gotta fucking get it, give us your fucking money and do all this other shit." And he just like grabs the gun, <clears throat> gets <laughs> shot in his fucking hand, and just straight up murks these guys. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of him doing that right. through it, and it's like he is Cain, mm-hmm. cursed to walk the earth. Right. And then he had a daughter at some point, and someone like so, there's a lot of very sparkly dialogue in there. So it's like, if you got anything else going for you, it's just kind of this vaguely pissed off attitude kind of shit. And Henry Rollins is just being. Henry Rollins mm-hmm. but you know he's got to it's like the pitch for Hobo with a shotgun okay which is better than the movie was yes but it looks in that kind of Hobo, vein Hobo with a shotgun was an amazing trailer yeah an amazing trailer and even more amazing alternative edgy poster yeah but it was a shit film yeah you know it was one of those movies that you were just happy it was there because you know you're just happy to we're see, making stuff like that yeah. no, I mean not only that you're just happy to see Rutger Howard work yeah. You know, like Rutger Hauer, I mean, like, shit. Rutger Hauer, Jeff Fahey, fucking Michael Bean. You just want to see these guys in movies. You know? Yeah. You, you, you you hope for a studio picture, but fuck it. You'll take an exploitation yeah. indie. Sure, why not? Jeff Fahey was the bomb in Lost. Jeff Fahey. Is it fa- Fahey? Fahey, it's Fahey. Fahey. Well, I presume it's Fahey. That's what we've said in Ireland. But you should take a look at this. It does look kind of cool. He is kind of tortured looking in a nice way and look good. Right. Uh, do you have anything else? News Did wise? you see the uh, trailer for Chirac? No. The Spike Lee joint? No. Uh, this movie looks pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. What's it? Uh, what's it about? Well, it's uh, it's actually, it's actually a, a modern day take on a, on a Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but which I, one? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, listen it's, if, you, if you listen no, no, carefully. No, no. If you listen carefully, children. No, it's it's based on uh, a Greek comedy called uh, Lysistrata. Okay. Um, which is basically it's like in order to stop violence, the chicks basic uh, don't let don't let guys fuck them. Oh, okay. And then g- the guys sort of hit back and do the exact same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of repression and all of this, but it's 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 a comedy. Okay. Uh, this is the first um, uh, the first uh, feature film done by Amazon. Mm. Um, mm, really? Yeah. Bold choice. Yes. Have you Amazon did Transparent, right? The TV show with uh, yes. the dad from yes. uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. Hank. Right. Yeah. Hank. Yeah. Hank. From. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. From that show. Was it Hank? Yeah. 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 Um, which uh, that's supposed to be very good. I haven't seen that myself yet. No, I haven't seen it either. It's supposed mm. to be very good. Um, again, what? really eclectic cast: Nick Cannon, John Cusack, Samuel Jackson, Wesley Snipes, boom, mm. Angela Bassett, Jennifer Hudson, DB Sweeney. Oh mm. shit! No Man's Land. Uh, <laughs> Harry, Harry Lennox is the guy from. Harry Lennox is the uh, the dude Dollhouse? from the Matrix, and uh, also from. Yeah, he was uh, the angry commander in the Matrix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good he's dude. A great voice. Yeah, he's cool in um, Dollhouse. Do you ever finish Dollhouse? Just Whedon's Dollhouse. No, no. He was the guy that Zack Snyder brought out. Uh, when they announced Batman v Superman to read the excerpt from oh, Dark Knight Returns. Nice. Um, He's got a hell of a voice. He does have a hell of a voice. And <clears throat> David Patrick Kelly as Major King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> David Patrick Kelly is who? David Patrick Kelly, he's the guy from. Uh, He's the, uh, you know, he's the guy. He's been in so many fucking movies. Clicking his name, asshole. No, 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 no. He's, uh, <laughs> he's fucking Warrior. Oh, 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 he, he was in the, in the Crow me. as well. He was in the Crow, yeah. yeah fire it up. Yeah, fire, fire it up. It up. Yeah. He, yeah. He's still going? He's, cool. he's still going. Nice. Dude, he was in fucking uh, John Wick. 
He was in John. He was in John Wick. He Who was, was the, in that again. He was the guy that John calls to clean up the bodies. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I mean David. He was, he was with the, the, the big. Old, there was an old Balder dude, but he yeah, was the yeah, guy yeah. with the bodies. Like, yeah, yeah. still working, John. Still working, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wires, the bottle, the coke bottles. Yeah, yeah. Come out and play. I love Fuck David. Me. That's, that's, that's Major good. King Kong. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like uh, on Wiki, the film's title. You know, it's a combination of Chicago and Iraq. Oh, okay. Has caused some controversy. <laughs> Members of the city council and city residents have requested that Spike Lee change the name of the film. Going to as New far, Iraq. <laughs> going as far as to threaten the tax credits that the filmmaker will receive from the city. Fuck. Chirac is a common edonym of residents of Chicago's south side. Used really? To, used to describe the area as a war zone due to its high crime rates. Interesting. Lee later called uh, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel a bully and several Chicago aldermen bootlickers for their criticism. Fuck me. Yes. Sounds interesting, but the trailer's good? It looks, I mean, it looks bizarre. Yeah. You know, it looks like a bizarre movie, but it looks bizarre in a good way. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely interested in seeing it. And, I mean, I'm a big Wesley Snipes fan. You know, so I'll, I'll watch anything that he's in. And also, you know, it's, you know, D.B. Sweeney, he's, he's like another, you know, he's like another Michael Bean. He's like another fucking Rutger Hauer. You know, mm. he's, he's one of those old, old faces that hasn't gone away. He refuses to go away. Fucking no man's land, dude. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like dropping that. Yeah, yeah. What was I selling recently in something as well? You know, I mean, he's been in tons of shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you see him, you know him. And he's just one of these actors, one of these actors that just fucking keeps working. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, you got any cool stuff this week? Uh, yes, I do. I got two. Um, sweaters? Yeah, sweaters. Oh, yeah. God. It's, it's ironic Christmas sweater time again, isn't it? Because Halloween is just fucking over. Well, this is not a Halloween sweater. This is a Christmas sweater. No, I was saying, because Halloween is over, yes. they've started shilling the Christmas gear. But if you uh, go to Mondo, mondotees.com, mm-hmm. um, like they've got some like some gremlin stuff and that isn't too bad actually the gremlins one. Uh, but I really like the Iron Giant one because mm. the Iron Giant one's kind of subtle. It doesn't immediately sort of come. It's across. got reindeer on it. You don't see the pattern immediately. Yeah, it's and also color wise, it's a bit more muted. It's like metallic gray. What's the gremlin scarf? The gremlin scarf. That I wear. You would. Yeah. Well, also another thing that I really really like is. Um, for, uh, under their sweater section <laughs> is that you can get the Freddy Krueger sweater I do like that but I like the button up version for Christmas really? the cardigan <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer version 2 they're like 85 US a pop nice however right now Mondo is doing free worldwide shipping oh what what do you mean right now for like a limited time only or something for a limited time only oh for Christmas for Christmas wow they are doing free worldwide shipping so I am seriously considering the Iron Giant. Yeah, how much is it? It's eighty dollars. It's eighty-five bucks, but like you know, like normally shipping from Mondo is like at least twenty-five US. Yeah. So, you know, like last. And did they I mean, ship direct? Or a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I bought the fucking Shining cardigan. Yes. You know. I saw the remember the your Christmas card. Yeah, 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 that, yeah right? which is badass. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking badass. The only problem is, is that it's warm. I mean, like, I, it's I, Malaysia. Cardigans I, and sweaters are not a great idea. It's like I rarely wear it. I rarely wear it. But like, if you if you're somewhere cold, this shit is worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and also just to own it. Yeah. It's fucking cool. Because you can only you can only really wear it here in the cinema. 
And uh, so that's 85 US, free worldwide shipping. On the more expensive end, oh, fuck. if you have seen the movie The Martian, which I still haven't, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Um, you really should have. Apparently, should've. Matt Damon's wearing this cool ass watch from Hamilton Watches. Yeah. And um, it features very prominently in one scene where he has a look at his watch. Yeah. Um, I've seen this watch in person, like up close. This watch is badass. Yeah. It's kind of big, so like you know, if you're like a small dude, it might not look good on What's you. What's the maker again? Sorry, Hamilton. Are they yeah. a big name? I don't know. They're not like an Omega or something like that. So they're not. They're not like an Omega. I mean, uh, but uh, they, like they are as far as performance watches go, particularly in America, they they're very respected. Hmm. Um, and yeah, like it glows in the dark and shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but if you buy if you buy this particular model, which is the khaki below zero, um, it is it comes with a it comes in a very special limited edition casing. It's expensive. It costs like about six and a half thousand ringgit. Yeah. Um, but it comes with uh, you can so you can use the uh, the strap, the regular strap, or you can also change it to a steel bracelet. Mm -hmm. And all of this is all of this is given to you. Yeah. And you also get a free Hamilton pen. Oh. <laughs> Free Hamilton pen, nice. I mean, but it's just a fucking. Cool it's an one. engineered piece of tech. Like it, it's got rivets on it. It's got like it's not. It's not got any of the goofy shit on the face. It just has the date and the time. It doesn't have any of the moon shit because you're on fucking Mars. That's right. That's right. And Although, yeah. and like the the bezel is really nicely like kind of, just like. It's just cool. Yeah. It's just a cool looking man's watch. It's a nice watch. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you're a fan of the movie, you're a fan of watches. And if you if you're you know if you're not poor, then by all means check it out. Did you? I didn't enter it, but there was a competition here for like. like the only reason I haven't bought it is because it looks too big on my fucking wrist. Yeah, on your small girlish hands. You know, and even then I'm I'm still fucking considering this. Like just out of sheer <laughs> yeah, right. just out of sheer defiance. <laughs> Gavin, is, Gavin is making motions of like wrapping masking tape around his wrist to keep his watch on. Stop <laughs> it sliding up to his elbow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, did you see this thing that Hot Toys have released, uh, Stanley? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's pretty cool looking. It's I'll pretty put a cool photo up. It is when when you pose it. Where the f yeah, when you pose it, that's a pretty Excelsior. Yeah, that's, it looks like it, a photo. It just looks like a weird photo of him, but it looks really fucking cool. No, I saw this and yeah, I mean, for a second there, I was like, hmm, should I? Yeah. <laughs> and he comes with a little, his little uh, director's chair and stuff, and he is wearing clothing that you would definitely see him in. So. It's very cool. Two hundred dollars as well. That is, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Before we move on to our emails, which you can email us in at podcast at mcgettingfries.com, mm -hmm. um, we're sponsored by greenroom136.com, and they've recently come up with the AutoBook, a travel companion for the hardcore travel. In it, you can store all your <laughs> all your travel needs in one convention, convenient wallet. You can tether it to your bag or waist with a carabini carabiner. I never know how to pronounce that. Carabinier. Where is that? Carabiner. Carabiner. Either way, it's always in within reach. No need to worry about having butterfingers and strapped to your palm, making it easy to handle while juggling with too many things at a time. It also features a tall pocket behind the passport pocket for longish documents, like flight tickets. I think they still print flight tickets. They do still print yes, flight they, tickets. Yes, they still do. Or you got to print them out yourself and fold them. You can buy it at greenroom136.com shop or retail at Pop by Jaya One and at the Ice Store in Publica, and it will be available at Amazon soon. If you do... Buy anything from the greenroom136.com store. Do let us know. Let us know how you get on and let them know that you bought it because you heard it from here. Yep. Pretty cool bags. Just look out and decide which one I want. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Check it out. So. <clears throat> what? Oh, yeah. What? 
What was that? <laughs> I, I, put the, I put the text in the wrong section of my notes. Things, typing, searching. Wow. Magic. Our email, our first email comes in from Anonymous and says, Hey, I heard the Stanley Hotel from The Shining is hoping to build its own museum. I think that's cool. For the benefit of our younger listeners, can you explain the gist of the movie? <laughs> the gist of the movie is the all work and no play makes Jack a very dull boy. boy. Um, Just watch the video for Karma Coma by uh, Massive Attack, and that kind of sums it up. Yeah, I mean, it's really about a writer who checks himself into. Um, he doesn't check in. He's the Winter Watchman. Yeah. Yes. 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 Well, yes. He's the Winter Watchman of a hotel that's going to be closed for the. The winter. Yes, and he's basically there looking after the hotel. And, he's uh, brought his whiny wife and his psychopath, psychopath child. And he's a writer. He's a writer. And he's trying to write. And it's essentially about how he slowly unravels. Yeah. And um, there's, a, there's, a very, there's a hint of a supernatural element to it. Yeah. I guess, well, because the, the book and the movie are not entirely similar. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's because it's uh, Stephen King wrote the book, and did he actually? Did he? He kind of TV series or miniseries? Yeah, afterwards? yeah, yeah. He kind of he was not happy with the movie. Yeah, and uh, he did a TV. He didn't think Stanley Kubrick was much of a director. Yeah, <laughs> and he did a TV series where um, much more faithful, which was much more faithful, which I did not see. No, uh, but why would you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Shining, the movie is one of those movies that, uh, whether it's a faithful adaptation or whether the author had issues with it or not, it's still an amazingly gripping film. Yeah. Uh, that has one of the signature Jack Nicholson performances. And have you ever seen a poster of the picture of Jack Nicholson with his face through the door, the broken boards of a bathroom door? That's The Shining. Yeah. The and freaky the, and kids. The line, and the line that he says in that scene, whether you know it or not, you've heard it, yeah. you know it. Um. It is an incredible film. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, that, that's essentially what it is. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> a guy goes to take care of a hotel and goes nuts. And there you can buy, like, coasters and carpet. The, 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 the carpet is a very... Stanley Kier, as a, I haven't watched Room 237 yet. But I haven't either. No, it's no. about all these... It's not really about whether these conspiracy theories are true. It's about the conspiracy theories that people come up with for this stuff. Yeah. Like, apparently it is a... It's a... Um, Stanley Kubrick's way of apologizing for being involved in the faking of the moon landings is one. Another is, is that it's about the death of the Native Indian Americans. Yeah, yeah. There's also weird things in that movie. Um, I've seen it. I can't remember who put this up. I think I mentioned it on the podcast. But there is some a, a clip on YouTube and, uh, analyzing the spaces in that movie. And one of the reasons why that movie actually is so weird is that the, it logically doesn't make sense in certain places. Like if you're in a corridor and there's like two doors and there two of them are close by, so they should be. In, and then you go into a room that's as big enough to cover the two doors. Yeah. The second door isn't there, and there's yeah. an awful lot of stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, no. The I mean, stairways that should like it's not just a, it's not just that you know continuity fuck ups on set. It's just it's things to trick your brain. Yeah, well, that, I mean, but you know that's also uh, the kind of thing that Kubrick was famous for is that he was just you know he loved to you know a yeah. life in fucking with you. Yeah, I know, but it was just also scene composition. Yeah. And, you know, once you go from one room to another, I am not going to allow logic to dictate yeah. the scene composition. Because there is a dream-like logic to elements of that. Yes, There's the, yes. the fucking twin girls and the kid rolling around, on, the steady cam shot of the kid rolling around on his big wheels. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying, and you have no idea why Isn't it's terrifying. Isn't there a room when a guy dresses the bear suit fucking as well? Isn't that one of the rooms? Because like, there's weird shit in different rooms, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kid, like, red rum. There's just always weird elements tied together. Yep. And he nearly killed Shelley Shelley Duvall? No. 
Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. I nearly killed Shelley. I think there's a making of documentary as well. Yeah, no, she didn't have any fun making no, that movie. No, her, her movie, she spends like 80% of her time on set running, yeah. screaming and being screaming. exhausted. And he's yeah. just, and he's screaming at her yeah. to get her more, you're yeah. not giving it to me. And she's just emotionally spent. Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah. So that's our that's our summary. Of the, which it's, is like, just, it's like she went from playing olive oil. Yeah. Popeye crops up on this podcast far too often. <laughs> we should do a commentary for that. It is it is Robert Altman's unsung classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our, we should just put that together with clips in the shining and see what people think. Kevin <laughs> Fry's guide. Every now and then, you know, just Let me get Fry's guide to the shining. Uh, another email well this, yeah, it was an email this time we got a comment before from Tyson if you all remember from the last one he had some issues with um, my review of what we do in the shadows yes yes so uh, Tyson emailed us saying thanks for reading out my rambling drunken bullshit on what we do in the shadows or dark or whatever I met Gavin a long time ago super briefly and just once around the time you started the podcast but I left Malaysia long afterwards Ian I'm from Australia also known as the West Island of New Zealand but don't worry we never get pissed off if you call us New Zealanders don't do it the other way around if you value breathing. Anyway, I've watched Fury Road 12 times, so if this whole Windows and Office thing doesn't work out, I'll apply for the host position in a heartbeat and reinstitute the three drink minimum, which would probably be my major contribution. Cheers to both of you for introducing me to a shitload of movies, but mostly for reading out my review. Oh. Thank you very much, Tyson. Thank you, Tyson. So you too can be featured on the podcast by emailing us at podcastmangetmanfries. If you're too lazy to do that, you can get us on Twitter at McGettonFries and on Facebook at facebook.com slash McGettonFries. Mm -hmm. Moving on to our reviews. Okay. Uh, let me just start because I've got two, you got one, right? Yep, all right. Oh, you got comics as well. Yeah. Um, starting off with The Last Witch Hunter. I keep wanting to say vampire. I don't know why. Um, the Last Witch Hunter stars Vin Diesel. Uh, Rose Leslie, I think the girl's name is. Yes. She's the one who repeatedly tells Jon Snow he knows nothing yes, in Game yes, of Thrones. Yes. Michael Caine, Elijah Wood, some big dude, and some girl under loads of makeup. Right. Um, essentially, this is Hellboy meets Dominic Toretto. Right. <laughs> okay. He's a big dude. He is... Vin Diesel, when he has hair, he is a barbarian Viking thing. Essentially, this, this, the queen of all the witches is putting together this kind of plague that's transferred by plague flies. Uh, they have to, she's already killed off his family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He ends up striking the killing blow in the Middle Ages, and she, knowing that he has lost everything that he holds dear, she curses him to eternal life. Right. Cut to the modern day, and he's now a more caring witch hunter. And he's not just killing them anymore. Like it starts off, he's actually this is where the Hellboy thing comes in because he's like, "Don't you realize you don't put three weather runes in your pocket on an airplane? Do you know what happens to those things at forty thousand feet?" Right. That kind of stuff. Um, and he's because he's been doing this for thousands of years. He is the boogeyman. Right. He is the daywalker for the witches. Like he doesn't end up killing them all the time, and there's a, they build a nice little world. There's a little kind of truce going on. They have a prison where they put the bad witches. Most of the witches are like, we do just a bit magic. We just don't do anything on like TV or people, and then it's all cool. And everyone's cool with that. We're all cool. Okay. And he's got an order of priests. We're all called Dolan yeah. after the first priest to accompany the first time, who are his you know his watcher council or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Caine is retiring. Elijah Wood's coming in, and shit happens, and. It's got ties to his past, and he's got to do some detective work, which is where the, the Hellboy stuff comes in as well. And like, who's got to do detective work? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Right. There's a little bit of detective work. It's a little bit of um, you know action as well. That's it's a fun movie. There's a lot of the banter between him and Michael Caine, which is something I never thought I would see, is genuinely enjoying. Oh yeah. Because it's because like, this movie's been getting slaughtered. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reviews have not been kind. 
I mean, it's not going to launch launch a new franchise, which, uh, despite what the fi- last fifteen minutes of the movie tries to tell you. Yeah. But Vin Diesel's always watchable. Mm-hmm. He's relatively funny in this. There is a good chemistry between him and Michael Caine. It's great. Like, and then you know, there's, there's something about what was the line about? He says something about like you know, you swore an oath. It's like. Well, I swore to die beside you. I didn't swear to work until I was on my knees or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's yeah, like, I want to retire, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, you know, what we said earlier about Elijah Wood, it's totally kind of true. Um, but I, it was, it's unengaged, it's a B movie. It's an unengaging, fun B movie. The special effects are pretty good. He drives an Aston Martin, it's, it's Hellboy and an Aston Martin in New York. Right. And it's a bit of fun. He's got like, you know, the, he reveals, they reveal the world. There's no like, there's one narrative exposition at the beginning by Michael Caine. And outside of that, narration, sorry. Outside of that, it actually just reveals little t- tricks through its world and what's going on nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it does have, it's Underworld with slightly more of a brain and less latex. Right. But it's that kind of movie. I think if that's, I think maybe that's where the bad criticism came in because you're not expecting like fucking, you know, Tomb Raider's never going to be fucking Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more in the Tomb Raider bracket than Indiana Jones bracket. Right, right. But there's nothing wrong with that, I feel, for the for what it's aiming for. It achieves no, I mean, it, and like, it's pretty I, good. I, I, I'm going to see it. I, I thought the trailers were harmless enough. Yeah. You know? It's one of those movies that you don't expect to make a dent on, on popular culture. No. But you know you're going to see it at some point. Yeah. And yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It's pretty fun. Check it out. Yeah. Okay, I'll do a really quick review of uh, Selfless. I mm. mean, this is an old movie. It came, I mean, like it's this year, but yeah. it came out summer this year. And it came and went without a peep. Yeah. Um, and when you watch it, you kind of understand why. Oh, really? I mean, it's not bad. It's just, you just don't see why it was made. So it's Ben Kingsley gets transferred into the... Ben Kingsley is this rich real estate guy who, he's terminally ill. He's got very, very, very little time left. And basically, he's been offered an opportunity to transfer his consciousness to a younger, healthier body. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan, played by Ryan Reynolds, um, which he does. You know, he's got some hesitation to begin with. You know, it's like, oh, well, should I, should I? Moral implications, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually he does. And once he becomes Ryan Reynolds, he lives it up for a little while until he, re- until he starts to have flashbacks of a, a memory he has no... He had flashbacks of a life he has no uh, idea of. This yep. is all in the fucking trailer. Yep. Um, and it turns out that, oh, shit. This guy wasn't fucking grown in a tube. Uh-huh. Is that he was uh, actually fucking, you know, he had a life before. Yeah. And so Ben Kingsley and as Ryan Reynolds goes... Ben Reynolds. Ben Reynolds goes... Or Ryan Kingsley. To, yes, like uh, Ryan Kingsley goes to track down Ryan Reynolds to find out what the hell was going on. Yeah. And that's essentially it. I mean, to give anything away... I mean, like, you can already guess yeah. the rest of the plot. I don't need to say anything else. I mean, is it a bad movie? No. Yeah, it's not at all a bad movie. I mean, Tarzan Singh is visually—he's an interesting director. Oh, I forgot it was him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, visually, he's a very interesting director. This is probably his most normal-looking movie. Right. Like in the sense that it's taking place in a world you recognize. Yeah. Because most of the time, Tarzan Singh—it's crazy Singh, fantasy shit. Yeah, fantasy shit. You know, for those of you who don't know, Tarzan Singh is the director of The Cell, um, Immortals, um, The Fall, The Fall, Mirror, yeah. Mirror. Whether you like those movies or hate those movies, none of those movies take place in a reality you're Wait, Mirror Mirror with Kiefer Sutherland? No, Mirror Mirror with Lily Collins. Oh, yeah, fuck that. There's, <coughs> there's a Mirror Mirror with... Uh, no, I'm thinking of Mirrors. You're thinking of Mirrors. Yeah, I was like, what? He did that? <laughs> I, I like that movie. I know, we watched yeah. it together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I you like have a DVD movie. in my house. I, I like that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, so... It's so, got peak 
So, so this is the first movie Tarzan Singh has directed that actually takes place in a reality you recognize. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, and, and that kind of takes away some of the Tarzan Singh-ness mm. of it. Because it's almost like he doesn't know how to play. Yeah. And where he does play is in these extended um, uh, montages right. that are cool to begin with, but all of them go on way too long. Oh, okay. And if you see the movie, you'll know exactly. Are what these I like mean. flashbacks? Are these the memories or something? Or these are not flashbacks. These are uh, time lapses. So oh. to, to give you an idea of what the character's been doing for like six months. Oh, okay. Uh, but you get the point very soon, and the montage continues. Oh. Um, it's well edited. I mean, I'm talking about the montages now. The montages are well edited. The music, the, it's all to music, and it's cool. But it's it just, long. it just, it's just too long. Yeah. The movie itself is nothing you haven't seen before. It is harmless Sunday afternoon entertainment yeah that's that's about as much as I, I mean like you know it's it's slightly above average science fiction fare hmm okay yeah but you know I mean Ben Kingsley is always good value Ben Kingsley has just mastered the art of overacting yes you know he just overacts his heart out and you never you never fault him he's so hammy he's haram yeah and fucking Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds is just effortlessly likable yeah but it's one of those things where both actors deserve better. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the big release that we have at the moment, which is Shaftar. Well, shall I quickly do the comics then? Okay, do the comics. Because you don't want to finish on... You you know, you, we don't, we don't you blow a load too early. You don't want to finish on the comics. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll hold it. I'll hold it. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so first off is... Um, No, because uh, I, I wanted to know, like, because ch- because Chupacabra's like factor into Bizarro. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, research, doing things. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I got two comics to review. The first is uh, Bizarro, and the other one is Star Wars: Journey to Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So, I'll start on the Bizarro miniseries. The Bizarro miniseries, um, the uh, it's written by Heath Corson, and uh, the art and uh, cover art is done by Gustavo Duarte, or Duarte. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the variant cover is done by Carl Baker, and I don't think that... And it's no surprise that um, the series is very reminiscent of Carl Baker's uh, mid-2000s, mid-early 2000s uh, Plastic Man series. Oh, okay. Um... Okay, one thing I gotta say about this series, it's um, it's a mini series. It's a six issue mini series, and it's fucking funny. Yeah. It's a comedy. I mean, it's a road movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a road movie with Bizarro and Jimmy Olsen. They go on a road trip together. Okay, so what? what how are they like? No, no. Basically, what it is is that Bizarro is just fed up with just being taken for granted. Yeah. And he's just like a whiny little bitch. But constantly fucking up Metropolis. Yeah. And Jimmy Olsen and Clark Kent have this very funny conversation. You know, it's like, oh, bizarre. You know, Clark Kent's like, oh, he's just trying to belong, you know. And then, oh, well, you know, Lois says uh, that he thinks that he's your brother. And then he's like, oh, he's got to go. You know, he, you know, he's got to go. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? Like, take him to Canada and tell him it's the bizarro America? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, why not? <laughs> That's genius. And Jimmy Olsen is under the impression that if he goes on a road trip to bizarro America, Canada, with bizarro, he will have enough pictures and enough information to come up with an amazing coffee table book. Gotcha. And 
they go on this road trip. This would be amazing on Netflix. I know. They go on this road trip through America. Like literally, do they drive? Yes. Is Bizarro, they like, drive. Is Bizarro in the nope. Superman suit the whole time? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> they drive across America <laughs> to Bizarro America, which yeah. is Canada. And it's just about these crazy fucking things that happen to them while they're there. Yeah. And and Jimmy Olsen is just under this thing and is like, "Are we going here?" And Jimmy's and Jimmy's like, "No." And he's like, "Great, oh, fuck! I forget. I keep forgetting that's how it is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say no, it's yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, and they meet like they they pass through Gotham, and like fucking Jimmy gets his watch stolen from the Riddler. You know, it's just like crazy shit like that. Yeah. And then, and then the Riddler's like, riddle me this. What does this button do? And it's the button that calls Superman. Oh, crap. You know, it's like, it's that kind of stuff. And and you just get like a montage of all the pictures. It's almost like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead in yeah. that. Yeah, I mean. In that world. And the dialogue is just hysterical. Hmm. The dialogue is, is hysterical. They go through, I mean, like, I don't want, it's one of those things where it's it's one of those sh- it's one of those stories that you should discover. Yeah. So basically, what I've told you is more than enough. It's a road trip movie with Bizarro and Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. That has guest appearances from the Riddler, fucking Flash, fucking um, uh, Jonah Hex's uh, old girl, you know, old, like a great granddaughter. Jonah Hex turns up. Um, I mean, you know, and and through their travels, they go to diners, they have adventures with a crazy possessed used car used car salesman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking like haunted old west towns. You know, which is where Jonah Hex comes into. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I mean, there's crazy shit. There's they, they 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 fight with this one sort of like cowboy ghost who fights Bizarro, and he's like, hmm, and he goes into Bizarro's body, and there's, there's this amazing full page spread of this guy going through Bizarro's body, and you see the different aspects of Bizarro's body. Wow. You know, which is funny. Yeah. It's it, and the thing is, is that you never feel like anything's at stake yeah. because it's always funny. Yeah. And humor in comic books is really hard. Well, not, I mean, it's really hard to do. Called funny it's books, really hard it's to really do. It's really hard to do. Right. And uh, and Bizarro along the way has picked up a chupacabra, a, pic- a, a chupacabra called Colin. Colin. <laughs> <laughs> he calls him Colin, and this fucking guy hates Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> and the way and the way that it the way that he's drawn is hysterical because he's almost always at a, at a, in a state of like. Yeah, like yeah. he's like and Jimmy Olsen's like I don't want to hear I don't want to hear anymore <laughs> you know so you know it's it's the art style is very cartoonish Kyle it's National Lampoon's DC vacation yeah I mean like it, it's like all the stuff like kind of like Mark Alvarez kind of stuff a bit of a yeah. bit you know like with with a bit of Carl Baker in there with a bit of um, Ka- Ka- Carol or Kyle Kyle Baker Kyle Baker yeah. you know I mean like who's Carol Baker Kyle Baker I mean like it's it's very cartoony in its style. Yeah. There's there's like a hint of Kelvin and Hobbes oh. in terms of the art style. Yeah. Um, like when like when Jimmy Olsen is losing his shit. Yeah. Like that's what it looks like. He looks like an. It's old like his mouth is open. There's a there's a small bit. Yeah, of, it's it, like the dad giving out to Calvin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, and don't the, play Calvin ball in the and, house. And Jimmy is drawn like a like like a 1950s dad. Nice. But but like a young like yeah if it, like like he's got that big oversized head yeah you know what I mean like that that's that very specific style that yeah. has that fifties tinge to it and it's just cute as hell and when you 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 read it and it feels like a movie yeah it feels like a movie and it feels like an Edgar Wright movie <laughs> nice like the way that it's drawn yeah. the panels and the way that it goes from like you can feel the Dutch wipes yeah. 
You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, what, what about when you went in? That was that was nothing. Yeah. You know, it has that momentum to it. Very cool. So it's very funny. What was the other one you were going to review? The other one I was going to review is a Journey to Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I already hate the title because it should be something Star Wars something. Well, Shattered Empire. Oh, it is. Okay, Shattered Empire. Shattered Empire. Didn't they use that title before? No, that was Dark Empire. Oh, okay. Um, okay, now this is uh, written by Greg Rucker. Uh-huh. Um, art by Marco... Polo. Chicacheto. Okay. Chicheto. Chicheto. All right, now, basically, this thing... This is why it annoys me. This thing is essentially being marketed as a bridge between... Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Weren't the books doing that as well? The books they published recently? Yeah, but apparently J.J. Abrams' movie is going to ignore all of that. Mm. No, the book, there was books that came out that bridged the gap as well in the new continuity, not the old canon shit. Right, right, right. Okay, well, basically, I mean, this series starts um, in the middle of the Luke-Vader saber fight. Yeah. Um, and while they're fighting in front of Elper Palpatine, and then outside the Death Star, there's this massive fucking battle going you know, on. Battle going on because it's a trap. Yes, and the lead character and the lead character of this particular comic, uh, Lieutenant Shara Bay, um, this uh, black fighter pilot. I only reason I bring up the fact that she's black is because one of the characters in Force Awakens is black. Oh, we don't know if they're connected. They might not be. But, but there are only six black people in, in the Star Wars many, universe. There's not, many, there's not many black people in the Star Wars there's universe. There's Lando. There's, there's this and one. she's one of the, uh, the the main lieutenant like fighter pilots involved in that particular fight. And she also gives Commander Skywalker cover as he flies to Endor with Darth Vader in the Imperial uh, fucking... Shuttle Tridium. Shuttle, yeah, whatever it's called. Shuttle Tridium. Yeah, I'm not good with... I can't remember like what some of these planes are called. Planes. Um, They're not called planes. Yeah, some, some of these, <laughs> like I, I can't remember what the fucking vehicles are called. Okay, um, and she's a cool enough character. But basically, what it is is that even after at the end of Return of the Jedi, you're kind of given the impression that they've won the war. Yes. Um, and theoretically, they have. The only thing is, is that due to uh, Empire propaganda, and also I guess it takes a while for word to get round in the galaxy. Yep. Not everyone knows that the Empire is lost. Yeah. So there's still a lot of fighting going on. Yeah. And the Empire is kind of sort of fractured. Even one might say shattered. Mm, yeah, shattered, whatever. And did various groups start vying for control? No, not because uh, em Emperor Palpatine basically had a contingency plan that in the event of his death... Um, his nephew Norbert would take over his duties. <laughs> In the event of his death, his certain or like Operation Cinder is put into effect yeah. uh, to bring upon destruction to all of his enemies. Gotcha. So that's essentially what it is. Now, the, 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 AKA the, Operation Fuck You. Yes. Yeah. Now, the miniseries itself. Or I Operation I stab at, the, uh, stab at Thee from the Throes of Death, rather. Now, the, the series itself is. It's good, you know, it's good enough to be. A decent standalone Star Wars story. Okay. It's essentially one fight sequence into another. Right. Um, it's it's a war comic. Yeah. Basically. Um, those of you who are looking for some kind of insight into what The Force Awakens might be... Will not find it here. Will not find it here. Mm. Um, this the isn't only, the insight you're looking for. No. The only thing I can think of that might tie into The Force Awakens is uh, towards the end of the series... 
there's this thing that happens between Lieutenant Bay and Luke Skywalker mm. where Luke gives her something. Mm-hmm. That I say he gives it to her, all right. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> like, the, the series ends with her going on one last mission with Luke, with gotcha. Commander Skywalker. And the one thing cool that's always done in the comics that's hardly ever done in the movie is showing Commander Skywalker as Commander Skywalker. Mm. And why everyone follows him so faithfully is that he's a fucking badass. Yeah. You know, which you don't always get in the movies. No, he surrenders to Vader. He fucking hangs out in Dagobah. You don't see him tearing Star Destroyers out of the sky with his fucking force powers. And so you get to see Commander Skywalker be a little badass in this. Hmm. Um, And so she does like one final mission with him for something that is, um, I guess, you know, it's... uh, it's, I guess you could say it's a valuable piece of Jedi heritage. Mm-hmm. And Is that the rumored one from what we heard from originally stuff? No, no, oh. no, no. And it's not a fucking and holocron, he, and, is and, it? And, and, he, and he passes something along to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether that connects to Force Awakens, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but from what you've told me, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is... Like, if, if, you, if you're one of these guys that just likes Star Wars stories, then fine, read it. But mm. if you're looking for connective tissue, don't bother. Have you like, ever read any of the Kieran Gillen Vader stuff? No. Because he's the guy who did like the fan, uh, phonogram and he's written Iron Man and stuff and he used to write for a, a video game website he used to follow. And people, I mean, I would think a story about Vader would be played out, but yeah. apparently it's really, really good. I mean, there is there is a cool little reference. Um, there is like one sequence where Leia has to go back to Naboo. Mm-hmm. And there is one sequence that um, kind of has a little bit of a throwback to the Darth Maul Obi-Wan oh. uh, fight. Mm-hmm. And she feels it. Oh, like she senses and, and she's like, you know, like the dark side has been here. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and but a lot of the time you feel that characters are being brought in just to appease fans. Yeah. And whenever they come in, they come in and do something so stereotypical of their character that, yeah, that yeah. it feels like, oh, we got to do this. You're expecting applause as they enter the scene yes. and then, you yes. know, they exit. Yes, yeah. I mean, and a lot of that. I mean, a lot, a lot of that star, the, the comic tie-in stuff has always had that lightweightness yeah, about it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a bad story. Yeah, it's not a bad story. But you know, and and if you just want to read a cool Star Wars story, I mean, there might be some connected tissue there. We don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't. We'll find out in a month and a half. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like anything's really there, except hmm. for some, except for that thing I told you about in the last issue. Yeah. But hmm. that's all I got. You know, I mean, it doesn't really add anything new to the canon. It's and did good. you buy those physically, or did you get both those comics off Comixology or whatever? It's it's all digital. Okay, so where did you get the the Bizarro one? Did you get it from DC itself, or did you get it from Comixology? No, Comixology. Oh, it's all Comixology. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, with Bizarro, I basically like you know they 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 have a bunch of their issues issue zeros for free yes and i read the issue zero of bizarro i thought it was funny and i bought and the first one and it was funny and i kept buying it and it's worth following at comiXology on twitter because there's certain times they just have ridiculous says yeah yeah it's it, it, it's it's a little less ridiculous now because the dollar to the, mil- the ring it is so yeah. bad yeah but some of it's really good yeah. like i like i i like they recently had a really cool grant morrison sale fuck <laughs> They had a really cool Grant Morrison sale. And you didn't, and well, actually, to be honest, I owned everything he wrote, so yeah, pretty much yeah. so. Yeah, so I got, like, um, like a lot of his Superman and Batman stuff for, All like, like, 
Yeah, I got, Superman. I got all star. Well, I mean, I had that. I already had that already. So yeah. I got like action comics. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I, okay. It's weird, and it was also. Well, because I'm, I'm interested. Schedule. I mean, like, it was it was cheap. Yeah, it was cheap. I got a I got a whole shitload of his stuff for like under forty US. Oh, and he did. Oh, yeah, the Batman stuff was when he was writing the main Batman title. Yeah, the yeah, Black yeah. Hand and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I got all that. The League of the League of Batman. Yeah, I got all that. Yeah, that's all fun. Yeah, which I haven't read. You yeah. know, I mean, I because I I kind of I lost track after. A while. Yeah, and Grant Morrison knows his continuity of comics and his multiple reality stuff pretty well so he throws in a lot of stuff it's great he even made the most of the Batman of Zur and Ah work did you get to that bit yet? no not sure it's good cool <laughs> so I didn't get to go to the gala premieres that were of uh, Skyfall I was Spectre the last few nights um, because I didn't want I didn't want to go get dressed up yeah no. I was like I'll have to wear a suit and maybe a tuxedo with possibly a bow tie, whereas I can just go as a normal daggy clothes to the press screening. It'll be all good. Mm-hmm. So, Spectre. Remember we were talking about the trailers for this? Yes, I remember. And we kind of made it look like, once again, Bond was off on his own, breaking rules and not, you know, he's, you know, he can't, he can't like, like, a, like a cop in a movie, he can't solve a crime as he hands in his badge. Yeah. It pretty much starts out the same way. Yeah. He's out off on his own doing crazy shit and it's even more reckless than normal the actual pre-credit sequence has him picking a fight with a guy in a helicopter over a square that is j- a huge square bigger than Dato and Merdeka mm-hmm. twice as big even mm-hmm. full of people and he just does not does not give a shit that he's beating the shit out of a guy who's gonna bump into the pilot and he could possibly just crash and kill everybody there mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird moment to start your Bond movie on mm-hmm. so it turns out that he's been tasked with a mission from M. Judy Dench edition. There's a video left to him. Right. Which she forgot to mention when she was dying in Skyfall. Right. Um, if you So they got Judy Dench back to do this like on the TV. Right, right, right. So he's grounded by um new M. Ref finds is back again and but he's still like the the, the the hint he was given was if anything ever happens to me, find this guy, kill him, and don't forget to go to the so he does that and that leads to one clue that leads to another clue that leads to Monica Bellucci that leads to a secret meeting that leads to this other thing and you know it all comes down to Spectre is real they're a group who do human trafficking and do fake pharmaceuticals and they run a lot of the world and they want to control things for their I can't even remember they don't even mention what Spectre stands for in this but it was like the special protector for something it was a weird name anyway it was like it was you know for like fear and extortion or something like that it's all about just making money essentially right right but it turns out that the head of Spectre might have a link to James, right. and also that um, there, 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 there is a threat there that MI6 wouldn't mind him taking care of while he's off the leash. Right. Weird thing about this movie is that Bond movies are always sketchy with the plot, right? Yeah. It's like there is that point in the third act when you think like, okay, there were two submarines kidnapped at the beginning and now we're in an underwater base just with make a way giant f- guy with yeah, big yeah, teeth yeah, 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 yeah. how do we get to that point you know when you yeah. try when you try and tie it together in your brain in the foyer after the movie you're like huh this makes it seem even more tenuous I think Mendes kind of concentrate on the visuals and music some points are beautiful shot, beautifully shot when the action does arrive it's pretty good but it's literally the most innocuous thing in the world <laughs> and Bond like just takes it walks into somewhere innocuous innocuous De- defined by Webster's as harmless yes <laughs> like no but he'll find like the most yeah innocuous clue yeah, like, yeah. It's, not, it's not a clue it's not like he find three things and two of them turn out to be bad leads 
It's like he only finds one. Th- it's like a bad adventure game. He finds one thing at each step, and that one thing leads into the next step. Hmm. And it's really tenuous, right, and like right, really right. started to get on my fucking nerves. <laughs> because like he walks into a he, and he, he walks into situations. He, Bond always has walked into situations without knowing what's going on. But the other movies, the previous movies, he would do some research. Yeah. And this, he just literally goes from where he was before to the next thing and just walks in and shows the innocuous object that he thinks will get him past these guys. And it does, but it very obviously alerts something's up. And he just blunders around. Like, I mean, they had this idea with Daniel Craig's Bond as being a blunt object rather than a surgical tool as an yeah. assassin, right? Yeah. But in this, he's like a bull in a, like, the largest china shop in the world. It's, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. The script also has some problems in that, like, when they eventually get to it, the bad guy's lair, there's no like, oh, Sean Connery style will sneak around on the cover of Darkness with Felix Leitner and have a look at and check the area out and that kind of shit. He literally waits somewhere for them to send a henchman to pick him up. <laughs> Which is bizarre, right? Yeah, I mean... I mean, there's, there's an element of bravado in that where Bond knows this island I need to get to. The bad guy's there. He's also my girlfriend. So I'm just going to appear at the pier in an evening suit and say, like, what time's drinks? That's a Bond thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Waiting at a train station and just hanging around for a couple of hours until they eventually send someone over because, like, oh, it's James Bond. We should send someone over. Yeah. And not expecting to get two bullets in the back of the head. Yeah. Is dumb. No, but I have heard that this movie, more than any of the other Daniel Craig movies, have an, has a more sort of old school element of old, element of old school James Bond fun. A little bit. I'll get to that in a, in a bit. I'll right. get these annoyances out of the way first. Like, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, like, no, you, you, you know how I feel about the yeah. fucking Daniel Craig James Bond yeah. movies. You know, it's fucking James Bourne. Yeah. You know, which if I want to see that, I'll watch fucking... James uh, Bourne. James, you know, I'll yeah. watch fucking, you know, a, a movie that Paul Greengrass directed. Exactly. The whole tenuousness and annoyingness comes to a head when they leave a very important asset on their own at the end. In a very purposely way. And it's not like, okay, well, go stay in the safe house or go to this area where you'll be safe. They just leave them alone in the fucking street. So, and that's purely because they need to get that, that, per, that asset to be the stakes in the climax. Right. And yeah. it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know I mean, like, these are annoyances. Like, there's, there's, there's other ways where, like, you know, maybe if there was an agent with them who got shot in the head or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those yeah. kind of things happen. Um, the old school funness, I think a lot of it comes from. There is, like, there's very few gadgets in this. He does steal the DB9. He's supposed to be grounded. The mm-hmm. DB9's a prototype. And half the shit doesn't work. Like, there's a good gag with regards to what the atmosphere switch does. Mm-hmm. It's not what you think. And right. there's some nice stuff like that. His interactions, he's got a lot more with Ben Wishaw's Q this time. Yeah. And there's, they've built that a good bit. That's quite nice. Yeah. And um, he doesn't get much time with um, with M, but he does get, like, Money Penny is essentially Chloe from 24. Right. He gets okay. some information off her and does some other stuff while he's off doing other things. Right, okay. Um, when the action the action is pretty far out but again it's a stupid decision like he's chasing after someone they're in three jeeps mm-hmm. so the, uh, you're thinking what should I I'm on a snow covered mountainside should I get in a snowmobile should I get in another jeep maybe a buggy no I'll get in a fucking plane where there's no way to get from the plane into the jeeps or to force them off the ground or and Dave, Dave Batusta has a gun it's like a double barreled handgun mm-hmm. which is just huge mm-hmm. which just blows chunks out of Bond's plane it's like you literally you made you made bad choices here. This is this is quite possibly. I mean, apart from a canoe, this is possible most possibly the worst, worst thing you vehicle could. you could have chosen to get into this chase with. And again, that kind of flies through. There's not any gadgets. That kind of stuff happens. There is a very nice car chase, but it's the the, the action is weirdly undercut. Right. And that he's on a phone for an awful lot of that car chase, which kind of removes some of the danger. Right. And 
there's an assault on a base at the end where there is a huge explosion in one shot with two characters in the foreground. Right. Like there's no cut to the explosion going off three or four times right, or cut right, to right. around the plant. Right. So it kind of weirdly just mutes it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, turning yeah, the volume yeah, yeah, yeah. down. Yeah. Which is just very odd. Hmm. Um, Dave Batista's great. He plays a mix of Odd Job and Jaws, essentially, because they put on a suit that's two sizes too small, which looks great because mm-hmm. he's fucking huge. He's got Jaws-style fingernails, metal fingernails, mm-hmm. which he only uses once, but he just trades paint and looks with Bond for most of the movie and cars and stuff. Right. Then there's a fight that they just demolish a train. Right. Because he's, he's a big guy. Yeah. And that is a lot of fun. Right. Um, the car chase is fun. There's some sequences around from Mexico at the beginning is fun. But again, there's a lot of just like hanging around. And it does tie in, specter ties into the previous Daniel Craig's movies in ways that, oh, I didn't realize they were actually supposed to. You know? I see. Some of the villains from the previous parts were more connected than we thought. Oh, okay. They weren't just lame guys who worked for Solace or whatever. Quantum, sorry, the other way around. Um, my biggest, one of my biggest problems with this is um, Christoph White's Waltz, White, yeah. Waltz. Waltz, yeah. Um, as Franz Oberhauser, he's got some link to Pond. He's got a link to this organization. He never comes off as threatening. Right. He's doing his thing from Green Hornet, right? Which is just doesn't work. I don't. I. It's like it's it's like being hassled by your accountant. Yeah. You're like you know you're in trouble, but you're sure there's some way to put it off till later. Right. And. <laughs> <laughs> it just and it's just he's doing it. It doesn't feel like a Bond mid-level villain or anything like that. You know what I mean? It just doesn't feel. It's like he's like oh he's just he's clipped and he's kind of he's an asshole. He's not yeah. a villain. He's an asshole. Right. It is Spectre. The name Ernst Stavro Blofeld does come up, so they are. It is nice they're trying to do that stuff. They do leave the movie at a very interesting place for Bond. Um, if you love the movies and watch the movies, you probably have a good idea where they're going with the beginning of the next one, if Daniel Craig does it. Mm-hmm. But overall, I felt, and this is my review, will be up on the Hype Geek later, I said this, it's a decent Bond movie. Like, it's a decent Bond movie. It's not a great Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And with the amount of Bond movies we've had at that stage, I'm not sure that any longer equates to a good movie. Like, it's sumptuous looking. Oh, and Sam Smith's song plays over the credits, and it's accompanied by what looks like tentacle porn. Because <laughs> there's a whole octopus theme, yeah, 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 and it's wrapping around ladies and stuff, and it's like, oh god, someone should have looked up tentacles porn before doing this, right? But it just it feels underwritten and light and just hollow. And Daniel Craig is not likable in this at all. Like he's not a likable Bond. Yeah, and that's I mean Connery could do it, but there's an element of charm. Yeah, I know. I mean, and people don't give like Pierce Brosnan enough fucking credit. I mean, like he was a you know he was an amazing Bond. Yeah, I mean you know when you know when they're shooting at him and Goldeneye and or he's arming the timers and he just cocks his head because the bullet splatter is coming off. Yeah, yeah. that's just like, or you know when he tight when he fixes his tie when he's driving the tank. Yeah, those are more Roger Moore stuff on Bond areas. Yeah, but, but still, I mean like again, look back like at, again, like Roger Moore. Roger Moore doesn't get enough fucking credit. Yeah, and I mean the other thing is that like. Even movies have had more like spycraft. There's no spycraft in this. You know what I mean? There's a little bit with Ben Wishaw, but it's not much. No, I think when you look at when you look at uh, Connery and Moore and you know Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan, is that I think all of those guys understood Bond. Yeah. Whereas Daniel Craig comes across as a guy who's like, Where do you want me to stand? I'm an actor. Yeah. I'm not gonna let this character you know, like, get in the way of me being an actor. And as a, because of that, there is no character. And because of that, he comes across like an unlikable son of a bitch. Yeah. 
But it's even it is it's Daniel Craig. It's, he's, no, he's, no, it's, like like, a, it's like a shark swimming through the movie. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like you know James Bond already in this day and age already has so many things going against it. He's yeah. misogynistic, you know, blah blah blah. All they don't even they don't do that you so know, much. All, of that that. Kind, you know, all that yeah. kind of shit. You know, if you want to turn that into an issue, you can. I mean, personally, I don't think so. I mean, he's he James Bond is James Bond, you know. Which one was it where they had Bond with the psychologist who was like, is it? It was Brosnan, right? Was it one of the later ones? The psychologist beginning is in the DB9. Is it the original DB7 or whatever? Like the DB6? Yeah, 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 it was Brosnan. It was Brosnan. It was Brosnan. But that's yeah. how you make that misogynistic stuff work. In yeah. this, he's just an ass. Yeah. And like, Monica Bellucci's thing is essentially a cameo. After much vaunted talking about it, it's not that much to it. Yeah. And the other character who's his love, uh, Leia Sidhu, who's his main love interest, yeah, yeah. because she's only introduced halfway through the movie, she's got the problem of having to go from hating Bond to loving him in like a really short period of time. Yeah. Which again, it's just nothing's nothing's given a chance to breathe. Yeah. And he just he doesn't seem like a character. Yeah. He's a guy in a suit. Yeah. And you know, it's like they mention things about his past, but you don't believe this is a person. It's an ad. It's a Tom Ford ad walking around the place with a gun occasionally. Yeah. And it just, like I said, it's very hollow. Um, I did see one article saying like, oh, after Skyfall did so did so well, we didn't know exactly what we were going to do. And I think that may be what it is that shows. It, it, they do, I mean, by tying together the previous villains, that's a good idea in order to get to Spectre, to have yeah. this group. Yeah. But it doesn't work in other areas. Yeah. And it really, I was just at the end, it was like, eh. Like, you're not going to remember this. I can barely. I had to go up and look up what uh, Quantum of Solace was about mm-hmm. because I couldn't fucking remember because it was genuinely it wasn't great. Casino Royale was pretty good. Yeah. Skyfall, I knew it was essentially Home Alone at the end, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without any gadgets, which could have been. If they had one or two gadgets, it would have made that scene better because you know he has gadgets. He would have brought them to that scene. Yeah, yeah. This one, I don't know if it has that. In three years' time, you'd be like, what was that one about? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not the one with the spaceships. It's not the one with the underwater thing. It's not the one with Jaws. It's not the one with uh, Sean Bean. It's the one, and it's not even the one with Dave Bautista because he's not in it that much. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's the one with the ring. There's a ring in it. Oh, you know it? what I mean? It's yeah. like it's 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 it seems to be trying too hard to be complicated, and as a result, coming off too simplified. I see. Three point five. <laughs> <laughs> So. That was Spectre. It's out everywhere this November. Check it out. Let us know if you disagree because it already has done bank in UK and Ireland. But I think a lot of that is off Skyfall. We'll see if it actually travels or keeps going, maintains for its following weeks. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to have a huge opening. Yeah. It's just a, you know, I mean, even Bond flops yeah. are are still pretty big. My They're pretty big. Yeah. But um, it's a wonder, it's wondering will they follow this up or will they skip an actor to whatever the next level is. Yeah. Um. So where can we find more of your work, Alan? You can find more of my work um, on fucking Vimeo. Okay. So, yeah, we've got Take Me to, Din- Take Me to Dinner on Vimeo. You're not doing any writing stuff at the moment for anyone? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Um, you can find my reviews and stuff uh, in words on thehypedgeek.com for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly. I'm on Twitter at McNasty Prime. And I'm at GavYap. And at GavYap77 on Instagram. Oh, yeah, you're all with the Instagrams these days, aren't you? Seems. No, I mean, it's because it's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's visual. No, because no, it's a different name. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm Mike Nasty Prime on everything. If you want to play Xbox with me, you can play around there. Thank you very much for listening. Our next show, God only knows what we'll be talking about. Yep, all right, thanks. Thanks.